Welcome to We Shadows, the podcast about design and technical theater in the Twin Cities. I'm your announcer, Anita Kelling. So much is happening in our theater scene right now. Many of us are again picking up gigs. Spring has sprung, and it's almost time to get outside and do some gardening. What's that got to do with design and tech? Well, Rachel Lanto had a conversation with stage manager Salima Seal that was all about how she got into theater and balancing theater with other jobs, like landscaping. This conversation took place on May 13th, 2021. Welcome to We Shadows, our Twin Cities tech podcast. Um, my name is Rachel Lanto. I'm hosting tonight, and I am uh, interviewing Salima Seal. And uh, Salima, why don't you just give us a brief introduction of yourself and what you do and start there? Yeah, uh, my name is Salima Seal. I am a stage manager and also a gardener slash landscaper. So those are my two primary ways that I make money <laughs> and I use she, her pronouns. So. Thank you. Um, so where are you from? <laughs> I grew up in the Washington DC area. Um, I was there until I guess I was about 17 and then I moved to Minneapolis for college. Um, I went to McAllister college. And that's kind of where my theater life began. <laughs> what year was that when you went to McAllister? I moved to McAllister fall of 2010. What is McAllister's theater degree like? I don't, I don't actually know. Hmm. Um, McAllister's theater degree is, I think, a lot more theoretical, perhaps. Um, and it has a greater emphasis on, at least when I was there, performance theory um, than practical performance well at least for anyone besides actors so their acting program is very much about um the kind of what is the word that i'm looking for um yeah the practical skills needed for acting but there's also a big side of it that's about performance theory and performance art and all those sorts of things sure yeah. um just for anybody who's never uh worked in the industry before what mm -hmm is a stage manager what exactly if you were explaining it to your grandma who has never you know understood what that is before how does that work <laughs> yes uh i have described stage management and actually the more i do it the less i think that this explanation is good but i think it helps people a lot and people feel very clear about what i do perhaps um i describe it as a wedding planner but for plays. So, I mean, there's of course a lot of differences. Usually a wedding is one evening, one night. Um, theater, usually it's, you know, a recurring situation, but um, I think it helps people understand that it's just about being like the point person. Like you're the person who, if someone, something happens or goes wrong, I tell you and it's your job to make sure everyone else knows and rearrange all the pieces so that the vision still happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and I think the first time I heard about you, Salima, was from uh, Mr. Cody Brought from over at Stages Theater Company. Um, and he mentioned like, oh, you should meet Salima. She's, you know, this great stage manager around the area. Um, and 
Um, I can't, what companies have you worked at since other than Stages Theater Company? Where have you been? Oh man, uh, where have I worked? I have worked a bit, quite a bit at Penumbra Theater Company. Uh, I worked with Open Eye Figure Theater for a bit. I've worked at Mixed Blood. Um, I've done a show or two at the Guthrie. I've like been a kind of a stand-in for some of their main stage shows, shows once, maybe twice, and then some things up in the Dowling studio. I believe that's the ninth floor, right? Yeah, up in there. Mm-hmm. Um, where else? Where have I worked? I worked with a company called, oh, now I don't remember. It was like one of the first shows I did out of college. I don't remember what they're called anymore, but a very small company. We did a show in a bar down on like Lindale, like far down Lindale somewhere. But um, <laughs> I worked with True Roots, uh, which is with Shay Cage and E.G. Bailey. Um, Intermedia Arts, back when they were open. Mm-hmm. That may be it. Right. Yeah, kind of lost count or yeah. lost track over the years. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and are you an equity stage manager or are you not equity? Forget. Now I am equity. Yeah, I think this is my second anniversary just passed recently. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, about a year before pandemic started, I joined the union. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Good for you. <laughs> um, healthcare came in clutch. Yeah. Just in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, have you been able to work much this year during the pandemic? Hmm. Uh, some. Some. I've, wor- I've done a couple shows. Uh, I did one with, oh, 10,000 Things. How could I forget them? I love them. Uh, 10,000 Things is another company I've worked for. And I did a virtual show with them, um, two actually, earlier this year. Um, yeah, I think I did a workshop with the Playwright Center um, back in the fall. That was so exciting. I was really glad to work on a play by Daima Mubashir. Um, I think it's called Room Enough. Um, and oddly enough, it was actually the first time I've ever worked on a play by a Black Muslim playwright. Um, which maybe that's not that odd because I don't know that there's that many. <laughs> but it was really exciting. Um Maybe we'll get to it later, but just like to work with a playwright who has so many like identity intersections with me um, and a play that was about growing up Muslim and um, or about Muslim characters and kind of the culture and family and all those things. It was really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Why did you end up in theater? Why did you choose this field? I think I kind of stumbled on it. I ended up there um I feel like I am a have been for a lot of my life a person who kind of looks down like I look at my feet when I walk often um or at least I was as a kid I feel like I remember and uh now it's kind of become like an analogy for how I've lived my life or how I ended up where I am I feel like I just kind of keep walking and then I look up I'm like oh okay this is all right (laughs) um so for theater, yeah, I just I started doing things I liked. And then I ended up doing a play. I think I joined a choir because I found that I like to sing. Or I heard a choir and I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so cool. I was like a freshman in high school. And then I joined the choir. And then because I joined the choir, I auditioned for the musical. And then because of that, I auditioned for the next play. 
Um, and I never really liked theater. I didn't like acting. I didn't like drama, at least I thought. Um, I thought of myself as being really shy. And so it's very odd, I think, that I ended up uh, starting off as an acting major when I got to McAllister because, yeah, that's just not who I thought I was, I think, a few years before that. Interesting. <laughs> what did you think you were going to be? <laughs> um, I thought I was going to be an environmental science major. Um, and now I look back, I'm like, oh, you knew so little. <laughs> you poor dear. Um, I really loved being outdoors. I loved outdoor things. And I had gone on a trip when I was in fifth grade to the Smoky Mountains and to this national park. And I was like, this is amazing. I want to live here. And I was like, well, who lives here? The park rangers. <laughs> and so I was like, a park ranger. And then, but I never really followed any of those ideas through. So then when I was looking at colleges, or actually an older cousin of mine was looking at a college. I went on with her on a college visit and went to McAllister and was like, I like this place. I want to go here. Um, and it, it didn't align really in, with any of the other things I was interested in, but I just felt like I should go. So, and thankfully I got in. Uh, so I went and then, yeah, I got to McAllister and I kind of forgotten about being a park ranger that didn't seem like it was feasible and so I was like, well, I like outdoor things. I don't want to be a bio major, environmental science. So. Wow. <laughs> Quite random. Yeah. Did you have any sort of um, mentor or somebody who like has helped you along or pulled you into this or um, what happened to you after you got out of college? Oh, for sure. Um, I feel like quite a few. Um, I was actually having a conversation about this last night, um, kind of about how I've, I imagine maybe there's some people who kind of have a, a person who's their mentor who um, in some ways has kind of charted a path that's similar to the path that they're trying to lead and they can kind of emulate or, or not quite mimic, but almost um, follow those steps. I don't feel like I have that. So there's just a lot of people at different times who have kind of um, seen or heard something that I wanted to do and encouraged me and sent work my way and that kind of stuff. Um, so for sure, um, Harry Waters Jr., uh, professor at McAllister, who was my advisor, is one of those people. Um, also just a life <laughs> mentor in a lot of ways. Um, you know, spent a lot of time talking with him in my, in, in my office, talking with him in his office about my life and what I wanted to do and really encouraged me uh, as a stage manager. Um, Tom Barrett, the technical director at McAllister is the reason why I'm a stage manager. Um, <laughs> he yeah, offered me a position as an ASM for a show, um, even though I was always late to his class. So I was taking technical theater that semester. And I, I kid you not, the class, I think it was like at 10 a.m. And it maybe had an 8 a.m. lab. And I was late just about every single day. <laughs> and then I think I came to auditions perhaps for the play and somehow along the line, he offered me this position as the assistant stage manager. And it probably was because no one else wanted it and he needed someone. <laughs> and I just remember he said to me, uh, because I think I asked him like, Tom, I, I'm not 
on time. Like time is not <laughs> my skill set. <laughs> you don't want me. <laughs> and, and he said that he thought that it was, it wasn't about a lack of like interest. Like I wasn't showing up late because I didn't care. I just <laughs> had a lot going on. Um, and so that, I think that was actually really important looking back, like to have someone who said to me, yeah, I, this isn't something you've shown that you can do, but I see that there are skills in you or skills that you have that would be really useful in this position. Um, and I found that I actually don't really have to be on time quite in the same way as a stage manager because I would just set my own call and I was always late to my call, but as long as my call was before everyone else's call, it didn't matter. <laughs> so I get that. <laughs> yeah, I'm still always late. <laughs> <laughs> what is it that you like keeps you stage managing? What is it that you like about it that has made it your career and made it your passion? Is it your passion? <laughs> Not quite, actually. I'm I'm learning. Uh, I think I've been finding that out over the past few years. Um, and oddly enough, well, it's been odd because I've gotten different requests, especially this year, because so much is virtual, um, to talk about stage management in particular, given that it's changing so much and there's, um, it's yeah something that's so vitally important, but also, um, yeah, it's changing so drastically in this time. Uh, so yeah, various panels and online discussions and things like that at a time when I'm, I may be phasing out of theater, who knows for how long, if it's momentary for a time. Um, but I'm finding, yeah, more passion for, um, for other things, particularly outdoor things. (laughs) And so, yeah, that is odd, but to answer your question, I guess, why, Maybe what do I love about it and kind of what makes me passionate about it? Um, I think that since I was young, I have found value or found value for myself um, in in helping people, in like making things happen. Um, from the time that I was a kid, I feel like, you know, that person who like showed up and was always setting up tables and stuffing envelopes for that random drive at the community center uh, was almost always packing up for sure. Cause if I wasn't there early, I would definitely was there late. Uh, you know, at the buffet events at um, the mosque, like serving food, just kind of always a part of the, the really the production of things, the behind the scenes stuff. And so I didn't realize it, but it was actually a very natural transition to be in theater and I just knew that I was around all these super energetic people and being a part of this creative process and I really enjoyed that and I thought that the only way to do that was to be an actor at first um and so then yeah I think finding stage management was like oh I can do the thing that I have always done for this new um thing that I found (laughs) it's a lot of things but Are you feel like you're transitioning back to your environmental science side of your brain now? I kind of am. Um, I Yeah, in some ways, but and maybe it was never environmental science. I think it was just environment, just being outside. Um, and actually, a lot of the same things that I use in stage management are 
um, things that I use in what I do in landscaping and gardening. It's still about a project. It's still about understanding the scope of the project. What's this person's vision for their space? Um, and what are the steps that need to happen and following through all those things. So there's definitely a lot that I'm learning given that I'm new to it, but, um, yeah, I realized that it's, it's a lot of the same stuff. <laughs> I get that. Do you think that, um, during our crazy pandemic, uh, I just find that there's a lot of people who are like reevaluating their priorities and possibly moving out of the industry and, mm. um, finding that they're passionate about other things. Do you feel like that was a big kick for you to start transitioning out? Uh, no, I actually think that it happened earlier, um, a few years ago. So this would be, this is probably my, oh, my third, my fourth, there we go. Um, this would kind of be my fourth summer or a season working outside. Um, what is now, oh wow, almost four years ago. I think it was winter, it was Minnesota winter. Uh, everything was so cold and I still, you know, I'm freelancing. So I'm driving from one place to another. And at some point I just said to myself that I needed to be outside. I was like, this summer I'm getting outside because I feel like I spend all winter waiting for summer and then summer comes and I'm in these air conditioned buildings and I'm freezing and I'm wearing sweaters. <laughs> And it's tech on the most beautiful Saturday of the summer. And I can only get little 10 minute like moments of sun. And by the time I get out, it's dark. Um, so I said to myself, I'm going to work outside. And um, I was working at Open Eye Figure Theater at the time, I believe. And I used to drive down Cedar Avenue to get home. And I passed by this, there's this building, Phillips Garden, um, at like 26th. I think it's 26th in Cedar. Um, and I just liked the building. I was like, oh, that's a cool building. And I just kept noticing it. And then um, I don't quite remember how I got the idea of landscaping, but I think I maybe Googled them. I like went online and I looked them up and I liked their website and I liked what they did. And I saw that they were hiring. And so I sent in an application and I was like, or my, my resume. And I was like, here's the deal. I have no experience, but I want to do this thing. Um, and... It was an odd coincidence. Uh, one of the women, Kim, who I guess was hiring me at Phillips Garden, um, used to own what I believe was a flower company, perhaps, with um, Susan Haas, who runs Open Eye Figure Theater. And they used to run this flower business together. I know. Oh, Susan Haas. So wonderful. I love her. <laughs> um, she's just such a fascinating woman. Uh, and... Yeah, they used to own a business together. And oddly enough, one of the things that I loved about working with Sue was just like the space she created space. And some of that was indoor space, some of it's outdoor space. And she has these amazing gigantic plants um, in the studio space that I was always like joking about taking off her hands, but they're bigger than my entire living room was at the time, probably. Um, and so, yeah, it just was this random stroke of luck kind of that this random place that I liked um, yeah, there was a connection between it and Kim was like, you know, Sue. And I guess she talked to Sue and Sue said, yes, yeah, Salima's great. And so they hired me. Um, and so like, yeah, I guess at this point that was two ish years before the pandemic started and that started kind of doing both things. So I would stage manage and then 
<laughs> during the winter and then come spring, I would kind of do a whole struggle bus situation where I kind of did two shows. I mean, did a show and worked outside until about June. And then I would work outside for June, July, August, and then in the fall, jump back to theater. Um, and then the pandemic came and I was actually really glad to have a have experience in an area of work that was deemed essential pretty quickly. And so that allowed me to to kind of keep working. Yeah. Oh my gosh, what a long crazy long. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah. I uh I feel like I did something similar except for when I when I just moved back to the cities, I yeah. like had I was working at artist what is now artistry and um mm-hmm. so that rehearsals were in the evening and so during the daytime I had all this free time I was like I we could use extra money so I ended up working as like a lift operator um at one of the like at like Buck Hill and like Burnsville or something like that yeah. but I got to be outside all day long and I got to play in the snow and see the sun <laughs> and I was like it was perfect for me. I, I get that need to be outdoors. And like summer yes. outdoor theater is like my jam. I love that. Oh, oh, Tiger Lion Arts. Yes. How could I forget them? Um, yes. Summer outdoor theater. I hear you. That's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's and forklift operator. That's super cool. <laughs> like uh, no, ski, awesome. ski lift operator. Oh, ski lift. I was thinking yeah. like. Like the person who like moves pals around and stuff. Okay. No, don't I, I wish. That'd be interesting. <laughs> oh, ski lift operated. That's also cool. I like the the ski places where you, you mm-hmm. run the, the machine. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Outside, people, light. Light. It's <sighs> real. <laughs> yeah. um, so are you going to continue to, uh, since you're an equity stage manager, do you have any, any plans for the future? Oh, gosh. Uh, I... I don't know. I um, only now at at my current age, uh, I'm 28. I'm not trying to hide it or anything. Um, <laughs> only now do I feel like I'm I'm starting to look up and like, oh, maybe I can plan more than just like a year or two forward in in my life. Um, and yet, still, I think the answer is I don't know. Um, I have to. I still haven't figured out what I want to do with this coming winter. Um, cause the company that I work for right now is they do snow removal during the winter, which is not something the last company I worked for did. And so I started doing snow removal actually this year when <laughs> I did it for one whole week. Uh, and it's a lot of work and it's also really dangerous work to be honest. And I have a whole new level of respect for the people who get up at two in the morning to come and clear the sidewalks at my apartment building so that everyone can get to work and all that stuff. Um, but either way, I, I'm just not interested in doing that. It's, it's cold, it's outdoors. And so now again, I'm like, okay, do I go back to theater? It, it is a hard thing to, uh, to do both of them. Um, and also I'm getting to a place where I don't want to run myself ragged. <laughs> um, I've yeah spent a lot of thinking back now on, you know, waking up and working outside from 8 a.m. to 4 and then going home, showering, eating, and then doing a show that night. Uh, I loved it at the time, but I I don't think I could do that again. So the answer is I hope so for projects that, you know, I want to work on, definitely. Um, 
they're friends of mine who are playwrights and you know if I ever had the opportunity to work on some of their work and work with certain directors and um that would be fantastic um but I don't know when good to know um so you ended up coming to the Twin Cities for McAllister College yes from Washington DC I don't Yes. Weather comparison, I'm not sure what that looks like. Uh, uh, I had, oh, I did not know what I was getting myself into. <laughs> uh, weather comparison, I'd say winters in D.C., We, I just remember that if it was in the teens, that was really cold. So the coldest days of the year were like, it's 14 degrees, uh, and everyone was like freaking out. Um, we get snow, it doesn't really stick around. Every couple of years, we have like a couple back-to-back snowstorms. We end up like a couple feet of snow in like one weekend. Um, but that's about it for winter. And summers, it's super muggy in a way that, oh, yeah, I think I have not experienced in Minnesota. Um, and the heat is definitely longer and, and different. So, yeah. Oh, gosh. It's different. So, but McAllister is what brought you here and you've stayed here more or less. Well, technically I'm currently in uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Sure. Uh, I moved-ish here during this pandemic. Um, You know, still open doing work in the cities, but just a little further away now. Yeah, I hear that. (laughs) Yeah. How, uh, how has your as a stage manager, you've, you know, grown and evolved since Miss Callister. Um, how, what do you feel uh, you've grown and changed? Uh, how do you feel you've grown and changed as a stage manager over time? Oh, well, let me look at my notes here. What did I say about that? Hmm. Oh. <laughs> um. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) this may not be true I will preface it by saying that but I feel like in some ways I almost feel like I've gotten worse as a stage manager since (laughs) I was in college (laughs) and and some of that I think is romanticizing that time and you know I'd like that was my life that's like all I did I like lived in the theater department and everyone was there and it was so much easier to just talk to everyone the you know designers the costume shop directors anyway um but and so it <laughs> yes in some ways I think I've gotten more lax but also I think because as I've gotten more skill and experience um some of it is just that those things aren't as difficult as they used to be so I don't have to put as much time and effort into uh into certain things um let me think I ask for help a lot more. Um, that is something I've learned. Um, admitting when I don't know things, I have definitely learned to do that. I was uh, so guilty of the people tell you something and I just like pretend like I know what it is and then like go Google. <laughs> so, because I'm like, uh, you know, I have no idea what that term is. I don't know where that is. I don't know what to do with that thing. Um, and yeah, starting maybe a couple of years ago, I was like, 
I think it'll be easier if you don't pretend like you know what people are talking about and just say, oh, I'm not familiar. Can you show me? <laughs> uh, so those are probably the, the two biggest things, I guess. Um, yes, I'm less maybe obsessive about my work. Um, I think because over time I've, I've gained a lot more competence and confidence in my skills. <laughs> yes. Confidence. Competence. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. (laughs) Um, I also wanted to ask you about just like how you identify as a human and how Mm -hmm. that plays into uh, your theatrical experience or, you know, your experience in the art. So you identify as a black woman. And um, so tell me more about that. Um, What do you want to share about that and how it relates to your work? Hmm. Uh, I think it's so hmm, where do I begin I was raised Muslim I mean I still identify think of myself uh, as a Muslim woman and I'm also black um, and growing up I don't think I thought I, my most salient identity perhaps was uh, being Muslim that was kind of the the biggest thing, um, especially because I, uh, so I used to cover my hair, I used to wear hijab and I started covering my hair maybe around sometime around 2010, uh, sorry, 2001. So it was around the time of nine 11, all the things happening uh, around then, um, just, you know, huge rise in Islamophobia and all the things in the media. And so it was just like, that was the most, salient thing about me. It's the thing that people noticed first, um, that I got comments on, that I talked about all the time. Um, And right around the time that I came to McAllister in 2010, so almost 10 years later, um, I kind of was phasing out of that. So I kind of was starting to wear my scarf less. Eventually I phased out, so I kind of didn't wear a scarf at all anymore. Um, Or if I did, it wasn't for a religious reason. It was just because I was having a bad hair day. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So um, there was a switch and all of a sudden I was like, oh, like kind of learning in some ways what it meant to walk around as a black woman. Um, And that was a really different experience and being around other black women who, yeah, just had a very different experience of being black than I did. Um, and then being in theater and, um, also I think my, not, I think for sure, my introduction to theater also was kind of through devised theater. Um, I forgot to say, actually, my first introduction was through a drama class that I had to take, um, at, as a freshman in high school, it was an elective, but I didn't get to choose it. (laughs) And so I had to take this class and is it this Muslim high school and they, basically couldn't find a play that was appropriate for us to do. And so they were like, all right, make a play. And so um, I guess I had come into theater through this devising lens and the theater was about expression and about telling your own story. Um, And so, yeah, being my blackness and my, and theater knowledge were kind of all going through a lot of changes all at the same time. Uh, at the same time, I was introduced to Penumbra Theater Company. I didn't even know there were black theater companies anywhere. Um, and 
yeah, so there's just, I guess all those things were, were coming together. I don't remember exactly what the question was, but just that that's identity and theater and yeah. How, how is that? <laughs> <laughs> and as you've like continued working in the Twin Cities, um, ah. you know, how is, how has that affected you? Uh, or how have you affected them? You know, <laughs> uh, if I am honest, I definitely have a certain level of of insecurity, perhaps, um, or doubt about my abilities as a stage manager, because I am usually, uh, for the most part, the only black stage manager often that I'm with or working with for, or that I really know. I guess I've met some people, other black women who stage manage on occasion. Um, but it wasn't until fairly recently that I was like, Oh yes. Another like black woman whose career is stage management. Um, so yeah, I think that I actually have some, some doubts and insecurities because it feels sometimes like people need in the climate that we're in, people are looking for, uh, brown people to hire. And I'm the only what people told me, I'm the only black stage manager in the Twin Cities. So people keep calling me. I mean, it's it's not that I, there's a feel, like there's a fear, I think. It's not so much that it's a reality, but um, yeah, I think that I've definitely had some fears along the way that of being tokenized perhaps uh, of, you know, the, this kind of affirmative action fear of like, am I, this, am I a good stage manager? Or am I just decent and people, you know, are want to encourage me, which is still great. But anyway, um, yeah, so that's something that I've definitely struggled with. Um, kind of kicked it to the curb lately. I'm like, that's stupid, Salima. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but it's real. And I think part of the reason it's also real is that there aren't, I, I don't know a lot of other Black stage managers. Um, and I don't think I, and I, not think I didn't do put any effort really into meeting other black stage managers around the country or in other places um, to kind of build a community around that. So okay. that's a thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you feel um, you're identifying as a female? Um, like whether, whether that's, you know, the intersection of, of being black and female mm -hmm. or, you know, I don't know, misogyny at large or whatever, like where have you felt that has affected your career and the practice of theater? Um, I don't think that I think about it much, um, specifically having to do with theater. I think that there's things that have come up around um, being a woman in uh, in a career path that is that can be seen to be about nurturing or taking care of people, um, but that yeah, I think it I think it's less specific to to stage managing and more just like the struggle that I have in my life as as a woman who enjoys um, making space and creating kind of cultivating space perhaps for people. I like to cook. I yeah enjoy doing the things that make things work and easy for people um and sometimes that clashes with also this these stereotypes about what i am perhaps supposed to do as a woman so sure particularly a black woman actually yeah 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 
Um, what other parts of your identity that are, you know, unique or what other parts of your theater story? Um, is there good stories you want to share? <laughs> oh, <laughs> or not good um, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's good and not good. There's plenty. Um, I don't, not that I can think of really. Sure. I mean, I think I've, I've shared all the, uh, a lot of the odd, random, weird ways in which I ended up where I am. <laughs> I love that. Oh, actually. Sorry, I do have one. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's more of a, a random fact thing, but um, my first play, uh, my first acting role was as Macbeth. Uh, in Macbeth. <laughs> And I only played uh, the second act uh, because I went to a very small school and there's a whole lot of reasons why, but they ended up splitting the role. And so one, uh, a white man played Macbeth in act one and I played Macbeth in act two. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Probably the weirdest. I've done a lot of odd theater, but that is probably the weirdest <laughs> thing I've been a part of. <laughs> I've never heard yeah. that one before. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's a choice. That is a choice. Right? Oh. Looking back, I could probably write a thesis on the, the choices that were made. And oh, But you, I want to come back to something that you had, <laughs> mentioned, <laughs> that you had mentioned earlier about. Yeah. You had said um, earlier that you had worked on a play that was by a Muslim person. And oh, yeah. that was really a big deal for you. Yeah. Um, tell me more about that. What is, what happened? How did that oh, feel? Um, it's, it, overall, it felt really great. Um, it was a workshop, um, a two-week workshop with the Playwright Center this past fall. And I just took the job because I was like, oh, yeah, I need work. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and it was probably maybe the day before the workshop that I finally read the script and I was like, Oh, what? And I had recognized that the playwright's last name um, was Mubashir. And I was like, Oh, okay. I wonder in the back of my mind was like, I wonder if there's some kind of like black Muslim connection there, but I didn't really dive into it until I started reading the play. Um, And yeah, it was, it was quite fantastic. Um, A, because the yeah playwright like grew up Muslim um, black and Muslim and there were also quite a few people in the cast who if not if they weren't Muslim themselves had um, a lot of connection or to black Muslims like an understanding of a lot of maybe black Muslim culture and uh, it was it's an interesting thing you know being a stage manager in those moments when um, I'm not the dramaturg <laughs> uh, but I do have a lot of experience with the topic um there is it's a workshop so there's a lot of conversation about you know intention and understanding and characters who aren't familiar are looking for um kind of looking for more information about motivations for their character then there's other actors who do have that um background for themselves but you're also not wanting to project you know your experience completely onto your character so um yeah, all in all, it was really lovely uh, and wonderful to be a part of. And actually, my dad, um, 
I, you know, sent him the link saying, Hey, I'm, there's this thing that I'm a part of if you want to listen to it. And he really enjoyed it. And it was super cool because also there's an element of um, queerness in the play and not something my dad and I have talked a lot about. Uh, and so I was kind of like, I don't know how it's going to go over. Um, and talking about queerness kind of in queerness and faith and being Muslim and how do those things align? Can those things connect? Um, and family as well. So it was just, it was really cool. And it sparked some interesting conversations with me and my dad and he, yeah, he really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, it was kind of a very perhaps cathartic process to be a part of. Yeah. I love when you can do that. Uh, yeah. When people that you love or care about want to come see a show and it's like, there's a thing in here and there's a conversation we can have about it want to do that (laughs) you don't have to but i'm open yeah it's cool awesome um what is it about stage management that's like your favorite part of it what is the thing that you enjoy the most about it uh i think it's a tie and they're probably the complete opposites of each other um one is for sure the the random, hilarious or perfect moments that happen in rehearsal uh, that like never happen again. Like when a joke is just the funniest it will ever be, or you know, a moment just lands like so beautifully. Um, those moments, and then the moment at the end of the play when everyone has left and the show has closed. But in those shows, when I get a chance to be on stage after it's all ended, before everyone comes to like clear it all away. Uh, and just to like feel the energy that just radiates off of the stage and the audience seats after having had all of those people sit in those seats for however long the run was. Um, it's probably one of my favorite parts. That's super cool. If you could give a little advice to maybe a younger Salima or maybe just someone who's younger right now and is just starting out in the business, what what would you what would you say to those people? What what of advice could you give them? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is ask for help. <laughs> um but it, it, this, uh, I think it's a, there's two parts of it. It's like, yes, it's important to ask for help and to reach out, reach out to other stage managers. It's definitely something I was afraid to do because I thought that it kind of this, uh, maybe imposter syndrome, inferiority complex, whatever you want to call it. Um, but being afraid to let other people know that I didn't know things. Um, and I found later that when I did talk to other stage managers, they were, pretty much all super receptive and helpful, um, whether that's asking them to look at their paperwork and see how they do things, um, asking advice about you know, a problem that you're having in rehearsal or with a director or something like that. Um, yeah, reaching out to other stage managers, really using that network or building that network and using it. Um, but at the same time, sometimes you really gotta fake it, um, especially as a young stage manager in a room with really experienced actors, um, with older folks, and your job is really to 
oftentimes to like corral the room um, that's full of all this energy. And yeah, sometimes you you fake it and we don't always, I, I haven't always actually been as confident as I projected. And I talk to people now who met me, uh, especially in the first few years of my, my career, um, who yet yeah, talk about me in this way that is absolutely different than how I saw myself. I, I thought that I was like, I was petrified inside. Um, and when they're talking about, it, they're like, oh no, Salima was like running that room. Like she just like knew what she was doing. She always was on it. I was like, oh. Um, so sometimes, yeah, just trusting and being confident and fake it till you make it. <laughs> Do you, as we move out of the pandemic, like um, what, I mean, for the industry as a whole is hopefully uh, changing radically. Uh, like, you know, oh. <laughs> whether it's like crap with, racism and you know the whole we see white american theater and all those things like hopefully the industry as a whole is changing what do you have any anything you want to share about like what hopes you have or like what progress you've seen or want to see i don't know yeah uh oh i definitely do um and it is a few years ago it was probably more had more to do with um uh, I, I don't want to say inclusion, but you know, this whole diversity inclusion, um, yeah, diversifying just this really drastic change, the shift that needs to happen, um, in terms of you know, in kind of all around content, hiring, <laughs> all those things. Um, but right now, I think that the biggest change, and some of it is because of the pandemic, but also it's it's things that were happening and I was struggling with before the pandemic. Um, actually, first, I want to give huge props to 10,000 Things because they are the first theater company I worked with that showed me that it is possible to um, have a schedule that is not just exhausting. Like you can make beautiful work with professional actors and um, the stage manager without you know, ridiculous tech hours as I see them without 10 out of 12, um, without six day work weeks with a Monday off when as a stage manager, gotten everyone, I, I don't take Monday off. Um, I, <laughs> I get my paperwork together and, you know, people call me about all the different things on Mondays. Um, yeah, an actual five day work week. Um, anyway, so my hopes and dreams for the theater moving forward have to do with um, sustainability, I think is probably the, maybe my buzzword for the moment, which has to do with so many things. I think it's kind of a catch-all, um, but in terms of the pace that we work at, the expectations that we have of each other, the ways that, um, that, yeah, organizations are kind of just used to running, I think aren't sustainable. Um, and it is possible for us to make work and make art, I think, and be paid and work what I think are reasonable hours or what are socially acceptable hours. Uh, and so that is what I would like to see coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that actually makes it, oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Um, I think it actually helps um, more people be able to be a part of theater. I, I hadn't realized how that there was a connection there uh, until not that long ago of that there is, there's also an access issue 
um, that has come up and that access right, by solving some of our, what I think are sustainability issues, um, we actually then, it, it makes it a space where um, you're able to get into that industry. You're able to survive in the industry, not just survive, but to like actually make a living and have a life. Um, yes. It seems like you're claiming that for yourself in your own way with oh, yeah. how you're moving forward right now, which is really cool, I have to say. <laughs> Good for you. Thank you. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> um, that's sort of all the questions that I have. Uh, before we wrap up, was, um, is there anything else about your experience or um, your story that you'd like to share uh, with our listeners? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, my story. The Twin Cities Theater scene at large. <laughs> oh, just, uh, just, I just want to send a whole lot of love to the Twin Cities Theater community. Um, as I think lots of people know and share. I mean, I, I miss it. I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Um, and I'm, yeah, just excited for for how we're going to continue to to create together, you know, in the coming years. The fact is no one stopped create, well, not no one, but we didn't all stop creating because of this pandemic. We found different ways to connect uh, and to create. And so whatever happens in the next few months, years, I think that's going to continue. And I'm just, you know, excited to, to see what that is and really proud to be a part of that community. Well, we're looking forward to having you back in the Twin Cities whenever we can. Thank you so much, Salima, for joining me and for sitting down with us and looking forward to airing this episode. Lovely. Thank you, Rachel. And We Shadows. This is so lovely. Thank you for tuning in to We Shadows. We have a lot more in store for you this season. We'll continue our artist profiles as well as adding discussion panels and other fun things. We appreciate all the support and hope to keep hearing feedback from our listeners. Remember to recommend us to your students, theater-loving friends, and colleagues. Keep hitting that like button on our Facebook page and follow or subscribe on those podcast platforms. It all helps us make better episodes. We Shadows was created by Liesa Behrens, Rachel Lanto, and Anita Kelling. It was recorded over Zencaster and produced by Anita Kelling. Our theme music was composed and performed by J. William Kelsch. We Shadows can be found wherever you search for your podcasts.